Okay, today is Chavzai, number 27, and we will begin with the second to last line on Daf Chav Vav Amid Beis. Rav Papi Mishmei Derav Derava says, Amar Rav Papi Mishmei Derava, Rav Papi said in the name of Rava. Um, one second. Just, just muting. Um, said in the name of Rava. Uh, to switch a synagogue that's just a sin, just for prayer and move it up to a Bey Rabbanon to make it a house of study, that is Shari. That's permissible. But to switch it from a synagogue to a house of, to, to, from a house of study to a synagogue, Asir, that is forbidden. That is Rapapi said in the name of Rava. Rav, Rapapa Mishmedi Rava Masni Ibcha. His version was opposite, um, and he had the opposite version. He said mm-hmm. that no, you can only elevate from a house of study to a synagogue. That's going up, but the other way not. The first version, Rapapi's version, which says that you can only switch from a house of, from a, a synagogue to a house of study. And not vice versa makes more sense. Why? Tamar Rabbi Shulban Levi, Rabbi Shulban Levi says, "Beis Hakneses Mutter Lasoso Beis Hamedrash." You can make a shul into a house of study. Shema Mina that that is the the bottom line, and that is the more correct halacha. Now, Darish Bar Kapar Bar Kapar says, "My Dixir." What does the pasuk say? What is the meaning of this text? By Yisrov is Beis Hashem. Um, that the, the house of God was burnt, and the house of the king, and all the houses of Jerusalem, is called Bayez Gadol, and all of the big houses were burnt in fire. What does it mean, big houses? So first of all, going through all of these, that's the temple. That's the palaces. That's all the houses of Jerusalem that we understand. Uh, that's Machlokes. Rabbi Yochran and Rabbi Shoben Levi. One opinion is It's a place where Torah is brought up, so it's a house of study, and those houses of study were burnt were burnt down. A place where Torah is grown, which I mean, where prayer is grown. Um, so Man Torah. Why? How do you see the word Gadol? Great refers to Torah. Uh, the verse tells us, we say it in Davening, Hashem chafetz the mountain, God desires, you know, for his, for the sake of his righteousness, Yagdil Torah v'yadir, the increasing of Torah and exalting it. So, you see that the word Gadol and Torah go hand in hand. What's the logic of Tefillah? Because, the Pesach says, Sipranah Gadolos Asher Asalisha. Tell me the story, the great deeds that Elisha did. Now, what is the great deeds of Elisha? Elisha David, Rachmi David. Elisha's great deeds were with his power of prayer. He had a tremendous strength in prayer, and he used to pray, and that's what brought out the miracle. So that's what you see, Igadol means prayer. So that's the two sides. Now, who says which way? This time makes sense. There will be Shuman Torah, that it's Torah. Why? Because we already saw the house of study is on the higher level, so Gadol, if you have to say which thing is Gadol, according to Rabbi Shumalevi, it makes more sense that it's the um, the Makom of 
of, of uh, Torah. Which brings us to the next thing. Ibailu. Uh, um, sorry. Avomachru Torah lo If you sell a Torah, you cannot buy the Sfarim of the Sifrei, the books of Nevi'im, of the prophets and the Ksuvim. Ibailu, the Shaila is this. Can we sell an old Torah and use the funds to buy a new Torah? Why? Since, after all, you're not elevating, so maybe also you're not allowed to sell one for, for, to, for a lateral move. Or maybe, since there's no other way, no, no way up from there, so therefore you're allowed to go lateral. Normally, you may be, maybe not, but in Torah, there's nothing higher, so you could buy a new Torah with the funds from the old Torah. So that's the question. Tashmar come in here proof. If you sell a Torah, you can't buy Svarim. What does that show you? You wouldn't be allowed to buy another Torah with it. You're just not allowed to buy Sifrei Nevi'im with the money. So the Gemara says, not a proof. That's because that's a case of B'di'evet. We're asking, what about from the outset? That's the question. Come along the next proof, Tashma coming here, another proof, Golden Sefer Chumashim. You can wrap, roll a Sefer Torah with Chumash uh, covers. Chumash uh, is just one of the five books of Moshe. And you can cover that with the covering of Nevi'im Ksuvim. Avalo Nevi'im Ksuvim Matbechos Chumashim. Chumashim So you cannot downgrade um, the covering from a higher thing to a lower thing, but you can upgrade. Um, now, uh, right, so it says, Avalo, so you, so, uh, you can't use the Chumashim B'Matpech's Nevi'im Uksuvim, Avalo Nevi'im Uksuvim B'Matpech's Chumashim, Avalo Chumashim B'Matpech's Nevi'im What do you see? K'tani Mias, we mentioned, Kolim Sefer Torah B'Matpech's Chumashim. What do you see? Matpech's Chumashim in Matpech's Sefer Torah, lo, you can't use the covers of another Sefer Torah. For this Sefer Torah. So it sounds like that you're not allowed to make a lateral move. So the Gemara says, Amos Sefer, what about the next line? It says, You're not allowed to make a Chumash with the cover of a Sefer Torah. What does that imply? It sounds like, because then I'm downgrading it. What if it's equal? That would be problematic. Since you can read it both ways, so there's no indication. So there's no proof here. Brings us to the next thing. Tashma. Come in here, proof. You can put one Sefer Torah on top of another Sefer Torah. You can put a Torah on top of a Chumash. You can put a Chumash on top of a Nevi'im Uksubim. But what you cannot do is So placing, as far as placing, a Torah can go on a Torah. So doesn't that sort of prove that you can transfer Torah, one Torah to another? It sounds like the same thing. So Gemara says, that's not a proof. You're talking about putting on top of. That's different. Shani Anacha, putting on top is different. It's impossible to not allow it. Because if you say it's not allowed, how do you roll a Torah? By rolling, you're part of the parchment. One page is sitting on top of the other page. So how is that legal? It must be the fact that it is allowed means that that's placing on top is not a thing. Since there's no way but to roll it on itself, 
So it's not a problem. Al-Khanam, you can do love shashari, so you need a place to put this stuff so you can put a Torah on another Torah. You run out of space otherwise. Okay. Tashma Kamriya proof Dama Rabba Barbachan Amar Byochan. Mishom Rabshim Gamliloim Karadam Sefer Torah. Yashan Likh Pokhadash. Quite clear, you're not allowed to sell an old Torah for a new Torah, to buy a new Torah. So Umar says that's not a riot. Also Mishum Pshuas, Pshuasa. We're afraid that you're gonna sell the old Torah. And then, okay, by the time you get around to buying the new one, all right, you spent the money on other things, and that's not going to happen. And then you'll be the, out the Torah. So that's why it's not allowed. So the verse says, not allowed. what we're talking about over here is Kamrina, what we're, the case at hand that we're actually asking about is the Sefer Torah that's new is written and waiting for you to actually pay the money for it. So you need these for the funds, so it's ready. It's not like there's anything holding you back, except if I can sell the old Torah to buy the new one. My back to our question. So Tashma come near another proof. You're only allowed to sell a Torah to learn Torah to marry. So you see, it's Torah for Torah is okay. So Gemara says that's not true, a proof either. Dilma, Shani, Limon, Shalimon, maybe they might say, maybe learning Torah is on a higher level, because learning brings to action. And that's why you're actually elevating from a Sefer Torah by selling it to study Torah. Isha, Nami, and Isha marrying is also Lotobra, the purpose of the world is to occupy with people. So the, there's a mitzvah to have children. So that is a fulfillment of Torah, and that's why it's on a higher level. Aval Torah, B'Torah, lo. But Torah, to train one Torah for another, is not allowed. Okay, and that seems to be like we don't have a proof whether you're allowed to do it. It seems like you can't. Taner Abana, the rabbis speak. Lo yimkar adam sefer Torah, afal pisha eno tzaruch lo. You're not allowed to sell an old Torah, even if you don't need it. Yes, or okay. Furthermore, amr shim gamliel, afilu in lo mayocha. Even if you're so desperate, and you don't have what to eat. You're not allowed. And you sold the Sefer Torah. Obito, a person sold his daughter into servitude. That's not a way to sustain yourself. That, those funds will not be there for any blessing you. So it's no point in selling for that. So it's really negative to sell it. We mentioned the Mishnah that not only are you not allowed to downgrade in the funds, but you're also not allowed to downgrade in the excess of the funds. That's if you had something on a higher level of sanctity that you sold, and with extra funds is what we're talking about. But if you're collecting funds, so if it was zero and there was some left over, then it would be permissible. So the Gemara says, I have a question on that. That's only, when is this true? If there was no condition. If you made a condition, you're allowed to use the funds even for a duch sosia. We'll define that shortly. So, what is the case? What are we talking about? Which scenario are we saying a condition will help? That we're talking about you had something on a higher level of sanctity, you sold it, and there's leftover funds, then a condition will help. Who cares if you made a condition? Why does that allow you to do with the money differently than, what, you know, than an upgrade? You collect it and there's leftover. What does that show you? Time and distance, that even when you have leftover money, you have to explicitly state that 
you know, if we have, if we raise excess funds, then we have a condition that we can use it for other things. So you see, you always need a condition to make it available for other uses. Hello, it's no low, otherwise not. So is not a proof. Alam Shemachrabas, you were talking about, we sold it and there's leftovers. We're talking about over here. We're talking about where it wasn't sold on the condition of the seven um, trustees of the town in the uh, uh, together with the uh, in the uh, uh, with the people in front of the people of the town, meaning that it was an official sanction by the by the by the trustees of the city. That's a different story. That's already a different story. That would be permitted even for Dixosia. What does that mean, Dixosia? So Abai said to one of the rabbis, What is it, Dixosia? Have you heard from Dixosia? What is it, Dixosia? So he told him, Hachi Amar. Rav Sheshes. This is what Rav Sheshes says. Parsha de Masa. He's the town uh, messenger. So they used to have a person who was a hired man to, to, to like a delivery boy. And if, if that's the fun, if you even to use the funds for something as mundane as that would be permissible if it was sanctioned and done through the authority of the trustees of the city um, in the presence of the people of the city. That's like and officially, then all uses are acceptable. Okay, so what do we see from this? Amar Hilkach, we see from this a fascinating thing. Hi, any rabbinical student. milsa, that hers something. and he doesn't know what the meaning of some of a word is. Go to the, somebody who hangs out by the rabbis. Why? By definition, those people pick up a thing here and there, and they must have heard it from some great man, what the meaning is. And that's exactly what happened here. He, um, he met up with a student who was hangs out, hung out by Rav Cheshes, and that's how he knew the answer. Okay, which brings us to next topic. When you have a group, a kvutza, from one town, a whole group of one town, Townspeople, came to the next town. and they were, and they basically um, were participated in a charity collection. they give the money so as to show that they're participating. but when they come back to their same town, they take the money back. It's so in other words, they do need to give to charity, but since they're not from that city and they're um, a whole group of. A, you know, it's at least a minion. So then they go back and they bring it with to put, to take care of the poor of their own town. The price says so as well. Knows that they must give the charity, but um, when they come come to their when they leave that town and they come back home, they get from the ta- from the charity collectors the money back and they use it to take care of the poor of their own town. But if it was just an individual so went to an, that went to another town, then you just give it to the poor of that city. There's basically a fundamental difference between a big group, a large amount from one town, so when, that's a significant amount, 
So in that they have um, that they they need to it, they need to use it to provide for their people poor people of their own town. Now, we have a story here that seems to counter this. Ravuna Gazer Tanisa. So Ravuna uh, made a decree of a fast. So Alugabe Ravchana Barchinilois Rav came to town. And all the people from that town, uh, and they made them give a big amount of charity. And they gave it. When they wanted to leave, give us back the charity so we could give it to our poor people. And then we'll use it to take care of the poor of our town. So now Rafuna responded, No, Tanina, we have, there's a, a caveat. What's the caveat? When is this true? That's only. If there is the person in charge of the charity is not a tamachacha, if the person in charge is a big scholar, you should trust him to make the right decision what to do with the funds. This koshkin and Ravun is especially true. Why Because Ravuna was the one in charge of all the charities in the vicinity, including the town where Rav Chana was from. So basically, I am going to give out the money as the best way possible, but especially since the poor of your town rely on my charitable collections as well. Which brings us to the new Mishnah. You're not allowed to take, sell something that belongs to the public, to an individual, because that's downgrading it. Okay? So the Chacham said him, Cain, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be allowed to sell from a big city to a small city. Okay. Shapir Kamri Lei Rabbana Rameir. So, so, um, the, so isn't uh, the Rabbi's argument really good? <laughs> Obviously, if you can, if you can't, what's the difference between a large amount of people and a, you know, like a Rabbim and a Yachid? Or a large, a big, big, uh, something where there's more people or less people. So the answer is like this. But a mayor, he says like this. A minion, if it's meant for a shul, it's public. So then it has the sanctity either way. However, when you downgrade him from a public to, to oh, only a yachid, that is not sanctified. And that's really where a downgrade that you can't do. For Abana, what is the rabbi's logic? If you're worried so much about that, then you should take into account even levels. And there's a level of uh, larger the group, the more beauty there is to the king. It's, it's more impressive. So it's also elevated. So if you t- once you're talking elevated versus less elevated, it's the same issue. So basically a public shul cannot sell, so let's say, uh, uh, something to a private collector um, because now it's downgrading it according to Rameir, but according to Chacham, it's not a problem. Brings us to the next mission in Mokrim Besakneses El Al tonight. When you sell a synagogue, you can only sell it on condition. Shem Yertu Yachziru, that they always have the option, a buyback option. That's Rameir's opinion. Not true. When you sell it, you could sell it, you could make a condition, but not, you're not allowed to, you know, you could sell it forever. There are four things that you can't sell it for. The Merkha, it's a bathhouse. Leborski, a tannery, Litvila for for mikvos, and Ulbesa Mayim and for Washateri, a place where they're doing laundry. These places are particularly smelly and have negative connotations. You can sell it to be a field. But once it's sold as a field, generic, it's not sold to be that specific thing, 
then it doesn't bother us. Now, says the Gemara, Lurameyer, Hechidaribah, Ha'avile Ribis. If this guy is buying it on condition, so he's living in it. If he's living in it, then he's basically getting benefit. Now, you have a buyback option to buy it at the exact same price that you sold it. So, basically, he, in a way, he lent you whatever that money was, and when you give it back, he gets that money plus the, the benefit of having lived and used that property this whole time. Isn't that interest? So Rabbi Yechonet, Rabbi Yechonet explains it's not a problem because Rabbi Yechonet is Rabbi Yudam, right? He, he following the opinion of Rabbi Yudam. Right. That one-sided ribis where only one is gaining and the other one's not really losing, that's called, um, it's not like a, a deal that you made, so then it's permissible. If I lend you a hundred, and I said, if I don't pay it back, then this field's yours. If the seller um, gets to eat the fruit, there's nothing wrong with it because you're not even benefiting from it. It's just basically your guarantee that you'll be paid from this field. But if the buyer gets to eat the fruit, that's problematic. Why? Because he gets the fruit, plus I pay back when I give the money. You benefited plus the money, plus the benefit of the use of the field and the produce that the field produced. Even if the buyer eats fruits, it's allowed. That's his name. He did exactly this deal. Under the authority of Rebbe Ben Azariah, and he was a buyer who was um, eating the who was eating the fruits, and uh, you see they had no problem with it. The, the great Rebbe Lozben Azari allowed it. Amrlo, so they told him, Ishamra, you can't bring the proof from that. You got the case wrong. It was the seller who was eating, not the buyer. Anyway, what's the bottom line? My Benayu, the the machlokas between Rabbi Yud and the Chachamim is. This question, one-sided interest, meaning the guy's paying, but it wasn't a charge from the from the borrower. It wasn't a the the, the it wasn't a, an obligation that the that the that the lender required. It was the borrower who's giving it. So it's only one side. It that's what the argument is. Now, Rav Amar, actually, that's not what they're arguing. In the that would be forbidden. Over here, if I, if I end up paying you back, then I want the money that you earned in the interim back. And it's, I'm giving you interest on the condition that you return it to me. And that's the dispute. One says it's allowed. And the other one says it's forbidden. Now, don't care. They say you could sell it forever as long as it's not for these four denigrating uses. If a person prayed, let's say, in a, some street somewhere, and within the four amos, he, went to, he wants to relieve himself, he's allowed to, even though that's where he prayed. So Rav Yosef, what's the Chiddush here? Tanina, the Mishnah says, I can sell it as a field, and the buyer can do with it as he pleases. 
even the rabbis who disagree and say that it, there's limited to which uses you use it for, they only have an issue with the synagogue that was locked in and set for its Kedusha. When I'm praying in four Amas, the low it's not sanctified the area, I just prayed there. There's nothing special about that location. No, it's not an issue. Um, so why would there, this not be obvious? So person who's praying, then he needs to relieve himself, he needs to walk away for Amos, and then urinate. And if you're urinating, don't pray right there. Go away, and then pray. So, so he told him, I understand, after urinating, you need to walk away. That's it's straight up Mishnah. How how distant do you need to be from urine or excrement? Four amas away. Why do you have to walk away from where you prayed for amas to urinate? Why? If that would be true, every road. People are running late, they stop it for Mincha, they need to dominate on the side of the road. You'd not be allowed to urinate anywhere, okay? So, so the Gemara answer is, so Tani, it doesn't mean you have to walk away, it means Yisha, you should wait that amount of time. Meaning, well, amount of time that, that, that it takes to walk for Amos. Don't urinate right away, right, right, wait. Now, I understand you should not pray immediately after urinating because there could be some drips coming out. Why is that? For, for, for that amount of time after you finish praying, your prayer, your, you think you're done davening, but the words didn't actually leave your lips till after your mind stopped davening, but your mouth is still davening. So you need to wait that amount of time. So, his lips are still quivering with the prayer for that amount of time. Wait till that time's over, and then you could go urinate. Okay, so now, Zalfon Simon. So we have here uh, some signs. The students, S. Rabbi Zakai, and what did you merit to have such a long life? This, this halachi was mocked on. And also, I never called my friends by their nickname. I was very careful to always make Kiddush. I had a very older, elderly mother. One time, she sold her headdress uh, that I could be able to make Kiddush. And Tana, we learned that she was as, as poor as they were, that they had to you know, sell off part of the, part of her basic, you know, dignity to provide wine for Kiddush. So she married to become rich. She died and she left her her son, Gimel Meus Garviyayin, 300 barrels of wine, which is a nice amount, of, a nice wine cellar. But when he died, Rabbi to his children, Shloshes Alafim Garviyayin, it was 10 times that. Rav Huna, Asirisa, Rav Huna was one time wearing a rope for his belt. Okay? So, and he stood, and he was standing in front of Rav. Amr Lehi, my hi, what are you wearing a rope on your pants? Amr Lehi, Lahavali Kiddushai, he didn't have money for Kiddush. 
for wine. And I used my belt as a leather belt, a nice leather belt. I used it as my collateral to borrow the money. And that's how I had wine for Kiddush. Somebody who's so careful in the mitzvahs may be cloaked in silks. When when Rabbi Bray, his son Rabbi, became chassan, so Ravuna inish gutzav. Ravuna was a short man, okay, and gana and he was resting on the on the bed, and asim pante vekalse, and his daughter came, and his daughter-in-law came, and shochan mishadin minayu alei ad itamishray, and they they basically threw their jackets and silks all over him, till he was completely covered in silk. Shama Rav, once Rav heard that his his blessing was fulfilled, that he was so wealthy that he was covered in silks. And he was big, but he was angry at Ravuna. My time, Amrit, why didn't you tell me back? When I gave you the blessing, same to you, back at you. So this way, Rav could also have gotten that blessing. And that's always, you always got to do that. When you get a blessing, you say, back at you. And this way, both, you know, in case it gets fulfilled, you want it both fulfilled in both directions. Amen. 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 Right. Uh, uh, next, uh, just a little piece here. Shalut Hamidvus Rabbi Lazar Ben Shmuel Ma'arachti Amim Amar Lehem Yamelo Yisisi Kapandai LeBisakneses. I never used the synagogue as a shortcut. V'lo Basati Al Rashiam Kodesh. I never walked over the heads of the holy people, meaning they used to sit on the floor. I never, um, when the students would be there studying on the ground, I wouldn't walk on you know in a way that it appeared that I'm stepping on their heads. I walked around them. V'lo Nesasi Kapi B'larachti. I always did. Uh, the bless the kohanim blessing the blessing of the kohanim with a blessing, I always uh, meant it when I said it. Anyway, so that was the thing that he attributed his long life to. Apparently, it was a kohen, and we'll see more about this in the upcoming daf. A pleasure learning with you all.